Hey there, Emma Mae McDaniel here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. What's up, what's up, awesome, loved, and valued people? I'm Emma Mae McDaniel, and I'm so honored and thankful that you would tune in and join me on the Have You Heard podcast today. As you know, we are in a series right now talking about who you are because of who God is and so much wisdom, so much encouragement from God's word and from walking with him has been shared during our series. And today I believe it will be no different. It is going to be filled with encouragement and I believe a good convicting challenge of what we're doing with the life we've been given here until Jesus comes back. And we have the one and only Todd Aaron, who's going to talk with us about how to live that out. And he himself is doing it in a way that inspires me each and every day. So friends, buckle up, get ready, grab your headphones, and let's get into the word. the podcast. I'm so thankful to have you here to talk about how we are not here long. Uh, well, thank you so much. And it's such a privilege to be here. Oh my goodness. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, the, the privilege is definitely mutual. I felt like such a sweet way to just enter into this conversation about how we are not here long is I wanted to ask you what scripture has impacted your life in understanding that we are not here long? What has kind of been something that sat with you and helped you realize the reality of that? Man, when I first became a Christ follower, I, like many of us, I just really didn't even know where to start. So when I would read the Bible, I was kind of a, a where am I guy? Like, what is the blessings for me and the promises for me? And I remember fairly quickly getting challenged to read kind of the, the Great Commission text uh, hmm. that Jesus laid out. There's there's five of them. Many people think of just one Great Commission, and some are more familiar with the others, but just the whole Matthew 28, 18 through 20, go and make disciples of all nations, the Mark 16, 15, go and preach to all creation, uh, the one in Luke, there's one in John, John 20, 21, there's one in Acts 1, 8, you'll be my witnesses. And I just remember, oh my gosh, like, the reason I'm still here is to reach both my near neighbor and those across the world who have no access. And just mm-hmm. seeing the commissionings of Christ, these final words, really letting that be my marching orders to get me out of my comfort zone. Oh my goodness. You know, and to say, man, yeah. wow. we're not, we're not here long. And I need to let these verses uh, remind me of that. Hmm. That's so, that's so good. It makes me think of it whenever James says in chapter one, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but be a doer. Like, what does it look like for me to read these commandments that God has given and my life actually reflect the fact that I believe them? So I, I just love that you took to heart what God was calling you to do. It just, it's, it points to the genuine faith that you have. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. And you know, there's something about those last words of anybody, you know, if you've ever had a loved one pass and you were there in those last words and just 
during the three years of Jesus's ministry, he taught about, a, a, you know, loving your neighbor. And uh, he talked about all sorts of money and, and, and enemies and all sorts of persecution. But those last days where just before he ascended to the father, he gives these great commission texts. And it's like, wow, I need to rem- remind myself those last words of Jesus and how special they are. Hmm. That's so good. And you, okay, just in your day in, day out life are living that out. It's evident. And one of the ways that you have put action to that is through your the traveling team. So can you kind of talk to us about what is the traveling team and like help us understand the heart behind that and what y'all are about? Yes. So man, there is something so unique about uh, young adults, that 18 to 24 age range. Oh my goodness. And what I realized is that every major missions movement in history has been started by young adults. There's something about that age range with they're looking for a purpose, a passion, mm-hmm. and they, they, they need a plan, but there's something about that. And so I realized, man, if we want to activate Christ followers to reach some of the hardest places on earth. We need to go to the most mobile, sendable, teachable Christ followers who are 18 to 24 and say, hey, will you consider doing this? And so my wife and I decided, hey, why not do a 40 campus tour of uh, college campuses and just invite Christ followers into the mission of God? We show them the meta narrative of scripture from Genesis mm-hmm. to Revelation, highlighting those great commission passages, and then inviting them to reach their near neighbor and the unreached. And so we did a 40 campus tour and then looked up and did another 40 campus tour and looked up and then hired some more staff and looked up and then did another 40 campus tour. And so right now the traveling team has just uh, celebrated their 20th year. We speak on 200, I know, we speak on 280 campuses a year. We try to activate thousands of young adults and then point them to how they can use their degrees to reach the unreached. So that's what's so fun. We'll be at Montana State University speaking to 300 students, challenging them to, to, to give their life for areas of the world that maybe no one would even knows exist. They don't even know they're out there. Hmm. And then we help pair them with agencies that can help get them there. And so it's really cool to see not only the eyes open up of students being like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. But then also to say, hey, and by the way, here's a plan. So that's what the traveling team does. I am obsessed. I love that so much. There's a couple of things that I want to hone in on because this is just so rich and good. I think. One thing that is mentioned a lot, but people may not really have an understanding of or may have heard of it, but not really like know the full context. Whenever you say reached and unreached, like helping equip people to go out and reach the unreached, what do you mean by that? Are you talking about people who aren't believers? Are you talking about people who have never heard the gospel? Kind of go into that a little bit. Yes. And, you know, I, if somebody would have asked me, what's the definition of reached versus unreached, I would have missed. I thought reached (laughs) meant saved and unreached just meant lost. But 
man, let me share with you. Like I, this was I, this was eye opening, mind boggling for me when someone finally de- defined it for me. But so a reached person would be a 24 year old girl. She lives in Germany. She's not a Christ follower and she's not interested in being a Christ follower. But Mm -hmm. if she woke up one day and wanted to know God, she could drive to the embassy suites in Frankfurt, check into the room and see a German Bible. She could download a podcast in her language to help give her the gospel. She could go to a German Mm -hmm. church that speaks her language. She could find a Christian German to share the gospel with her. So she's not saved. But she's reached in the fact that she has access. And unreached, an unreached person is someone who 24 years old, but she's not in Germany. She's in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And so she will never see an Arabic Bible. She will never hear the gospel in Arabic. There's no Arabic podcast that she can get access to. She'll never meet an Arabic Christ follower. So she has no access, and unless someone crosses an ocean, learns Arabic, and gets in her life, she'll be headed to a Christless mm-hmm. eternity. So reached means they have access, but they're still lost. Unreached means they have no access and they have no hope. So I mm-hmm. tell college students and young adults, I say, man, we need to be about reaching the reached who are our near neighbors and also the unreached. And because the unreached have the most uh, priority and the most need, we've got to give them the most resources. That's so good, Todd. And I think that there are so many people who love God, who understand that they have this this calling from God, all, all believers do, to go into all the world and tell people about who He is and make disciples of all nations. But sometimes... There are factors that leave them questioning, like, what does that look like in my life? And I can only imagine that as you're sharing this, hearts are being stirred and thinking like, wait, that that's kind of what I've been asking questions about. Mm. Like that's speaking to what I've been wondering. And so yeah. just simply to those who it's like their ears are turned up because of what you're saying, um, can you share some resources to help people grow in world vision and grow in awareness of what of where unreached people groups are, of how to help allow them to be reached and all that goes into that. Just what are some sources that you can equip them with? Well, I think first, I mean, you know, if someone is like, wow, I'm starting to see that I need to get out of my comfort zone and and Mm -hmm. reach both my near neighbor and the unreached. I mean, I love going to your local church and just saying, hey, what are, who are some missionaries that we support? that I can just get their newsletter, that I can start praying for. Because your local church is going to have people who are are doing it. And so just let your heart get stirred by connecting with them through an email or a newsletter. Um, mm-hmm. I also really love, like, if you look around you and go, okay, oh my goodness, in my math class, there's a girl from China, you know, uh, you know, on my intramural team or whatever, or what, you know, there's a, there's, there's a community of, of Somalians in, in my, you know, living area. So yeah. I think it's looking around and saying, man, how can I have eyes to see and actually initiate? So connecting with your local church, having eyes to see, um, and, and around us and the nations that are here. I mean, the number one 
nation that sends their their students here to study is China. The number two would be like Saudi Arabia, and the third is Japan, and the fourth is India. And all wow. four of those are in completely unreached areas. Yet God has brought these students to our neighborhoods, communities, and our cities. And in some of you who live on the college campus, in your college campus dorm. So yeah. I love going back to the local church, seeing what they're doing, seeing having eyes to see. Uh, there's some great resources out there. Um, I mean, I, I wrote a book called The Abrahamic Revolution just to kind of say, hey, for a student or a young adult who has just, they're starting at zero. What does the world look like? What's the word say? And how can I be a global Christian? Um, also, there's a fantastic resource that the traveling team has developed. And it's just called 101 Ways to Impact Your World. And it's a free PDF mm-hmm. on our website, thetravelingteam.org. But we just said, man, if we could list 101 ways that in your community, not even, none of them are going. They're all, how can I pray for the world? We give 25 ways. How can I mobilize my peers? We give 25 ways. How can I welcome the nations around me? And how can I give sacrificially? So a hundred of them have nothing to do with going. And then the cool thing is the 101st is actually, okay, God, you call me, maybe a short-term trip. So the church, seeing the world around you, some great books on the subject of missions. Um, uh, Again, Live Life on Purpose by Claude Hickman is another fantastic one. 101 Ways to Impact uh, the World. And then a great resource is actually connecting with a mission agency and saying, I'll give you a summer. Those summers, if you're mm. still a, if you still have something called summers, um, <laughs> that's a great resource to go six weeks to see Indonesia, Cambodia, Laos, you know, Niger, and some of these areas of the world that are completely cut off. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by. is literally one of the best (laughs) guys i'm so excited to tell y'all about olipop because while i love a good coke at a movie or a very delicious sprite which is one of my favorites now and then it's really special or a rare treat because having something with that much sugar and artificial ingredients all the time it's just not ideal for my health but olipop has changed the soda game and no longer does soda have to be a rare treat made with natural ingredients and delicious flavors like vintage cola or classic root beer which is one of my personal favorites or orange squeeze olipop uses functional ingredients that combine the benefits of prebiotics plant fiber and botanicals to support your microbiome and benefit digestive health and you can receive 20 percent off plus free shipping on your order. I recommend trying their variety pack. This is a great way to try all of their delicious flavors. Go to drinkolipop.com slash MMA or use code MMA at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P.com slash MMA. Olipop can also be found in over 8,000 stores across the country, including Kroger, Target, Whole Fruit Foods, Sprouts, and Wegmans. Hey there, everybody. I'm talking. 
second to all of the lovely mamas out there because many kids' vitamins are filled with unnecessary sugars and chemicals that simply just aren't needed. And that's why Haya was created. Haya Kids Vitamins are formulated with the help of nutritional experts. It's a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies and supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and the list just goes on. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and it is shipped directly to your door. So that's one less thing that you have to worry about as a parent. And not only all of this, but the kids can also decorate their own Haya vitamin bottle with really fun stickers. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You can receive 50% off your first order. But to claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com Emma. This deal is not available on their regular website. So go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com Emma and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. I, when I hear you talk about it, I, I quote this verse all the time on the podcast, but it's whenever Paul says in Acts 20, 24, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by Jesus. And that is the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And what you're saying here is so selfless and I think so beautifully demonstrates what Jesus means whenever he says to pick up your cross, deny yourself and follow him. Because I think what's so cool is whether you are traveling overseas or you're staying right here, it's not about you. (laughs) Like you are getting to make great the name of God. And sometimes it looks like I mean, I don't know, you think about Amy Carmichael or Elizabeth Elliot who were obedient to go to India or to go to the the unreached tribes within Ecuador and people know their names, but then who was it that probably like spent time pouring into them that you may not know their name? And it's like, regardless of what role you have in the eyes of people across the world, whenever your heart is to make great the name of God, you're living for what matters. You understand mm. that you're not here long. And regardless of if like, I never met Elizabeth Elliot, but I listen to her podcast every day. And I never mm. met Amy Carmichael, but I know her story and I'm inspired by it. But there are mm. so many people who also did what they did. And I may never know their name yet God knew every single one of them because they were all living for what matters and I just I see you in your life and like you're some impacts that people are having because they're being equipped by you through the spirit are now going and the people who are impacted by those students may never know Todd Aaron but God was using you for his greater name and you're being Mm. obedient to it. And I think that that's just so beautiful. So I just want to affirm you to not grow weary in doing good because regardless of how many people know your name at the end of the day, you're doing what matters while you are here. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, along with that, what's so fascinating is when you look at like the life of Paul, for example, in the scriptures and the verse you just quoted there's an interesting passage in Romans 15 that is really probably one of the most absurd statements that Paul could make. And, and I want to read it to you. 
it starts in verse 19 of Romans 15, and it says, So from Jerusalem all the way to Elycrium, I have fully proclaimed the gospel. Now there is no more work in this region. I must go to Spain. And so, you know, when you read that, if you're not looking at a map, you're like, okay, I don't really know what it means. But think about this. What Paul's saying is this was written 25 years after Christ was crucified. So there's probably only about 10,000 Christ followers in the world, okay, in the world. And he says that from Jerusalem all the way up to Illyricum, which is modern day Albania, which is like 1700 miles away. He's like, there's no wow. more work. There's no more work for me in these regions. And I'm sitting here and we read that verse and we're like, Paul, there's a million people in Asia Minor who don't know Christ. And instead, you're going to go another 1500 miles or so to Spain just so that you can find non-believers. And what's so interesting, interesting mm. about this MMA is what Paul's saying is, I want to make sure that I give priority to those who don't have access. And so Paul would say, yeah. man, from Jerusalem to Elycrium, I left behind Ephesians. That's where we get Ephesus, Thessalonica. That's where we get Thessalonia, Philippians. That's where we get Philippi. And what's crazy is he tells Timothy, hey, don't come with me to Spain. I want you to stay and help strengthen the church in Ephesus. So 1 Timothy 1.3, stay in Ephesus. He tells he tells Titus, don't come with me, stay and strengthen the church in Corinth. And so, you know, I just think for like a young adult who's like 18 to 24, they're trying to figure out what God wants me to do. Some of them are going to be the Elizabeth Elliot, Amy Carmichael, into the spear, missionaries to the unreached. And then some are going to be that Titus and, and Timothy, stay behind, yeah. help strengthen disciple these young people, encourage them and send them out. So it's a really cool look at yeah, like everyone has a specific spot. You might be a Paul type missionary where it's like, oh, there's no room. There's a church within 300 miles. Or you might be the Timothy that's like, man, I need to go back and really disciple these young people and help give them a heart for the unreached. And neither is better than the other when they're being obedient. We need both. We got to have both. We need both. We got to have both. That's so good. And in thinking of that, like, this is incredible. I want you to speak into what obstacles keep people from understanding that they're not here long and understanding that right now is the right time to do the right thing and be obedient to what God has called me to do. Because what, like, the work of God is not easy, but it's always worth it. Yet I think sometimes a lot of people miss out on how it's worth it and the goodness that it holds because they stay behind the obstacles that come in front of them. Oh, the obstacles are many. The obstacles Mm -hmm. are many, that's for sure. Um, You know what's so interesting is in Luke, Luke chapter 9, Verse 57, Jesus encounters three people. I mean, Luke 9, 57 to like, I'm looking at it, 62. That's like only like five verses. But in it, Jesus encounters three different people, okay? And so I think one of them uh, comes to Jesus, and the other two Jesus initiates with. So like the first one says, oh, Jesus, you know, I'll follow you. And Jesus looks at him and says, man, you are going to get crushed with materialism. Like you're going to be all about materialism. 
He says, I know you want to follow me, but foxes have holes, birds have the air, but I have nowhere to lay my head. And as I think about people who are who fail to realize they're not here long and like get so consumed, I mean, materialism is huge. Um, yeah. You know, just the average American, they make a dollar, they spend a dollar ten. <laughs> you know, that's a problem. And so, <laughs> yeah. When it and then imagine you're knee deep in materialism and God calls you out to go reach the unreached and you're like sorry well this, there's two more people the the second one Jesus actually initiates with and Jesus says follow me and the guy looks at him and says first let me go back to my parents and say goodbye now you would think the response of Jesus would be like okay go ahead like but instead he, you have this inconsiderate Christ he's like no. First, follow me, you know, let the de dead bury the dead. And you're like, wait, what? That doesn't sound loving. Like, what's he doing? Well, let the dead bury the dead. He knows when this guy says, first, let me go bury my father. He mm -hmm. knows that his father's not dead yet because in Judaic law, you can't travel for seven days. So basically what Jesus hears is, I will follow you when my parents are dead. First, I want to please my parents, value them, live near them. I, I follow wow. whatever, you know, I can't. I, and so what happens is young adults, they go, oh, man, I can't follow God. I got to honor my father. But the verse says, honor your father in the Lord. And so are mm -hmm. they in the Lord? And so we all know that Jesus says, man, I came to bring a sword against family. Like that's just if you have a mother or father yeah. who's not a Christ follower and you want to follow God, it's going to be difficult. And so the three people that come up to Jesus, the first one says, you know, I'll follow you. But Jesus is like, no, you won't. You're going to get created by materialism. The second one's like, follow me. And the guy's like, well, let me go wait till my dad dies. And Jesus is like, no, you start now. And there's some people who are just, they are bent on living next door to their family. I got to be close to my mom. My mom's needy. She needs me. Oh, I, and it's like, man, you need to obey God. And then the mm -hmm. third person that, that comes up to Jesus, or I'm sorry, Jesus actually goes up to him and says, hey, follow me. And he's like, okay, well, let me go and, 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 and finish my work, you know? And Jesus says, no, anyone who puts his hand in the plow is not fit for the kingdom of God. You start now. You start now. Um, and wow. Jesus is like, don't, you know. So anyway, these are, it's just five verses at the end of Luke 9, but they're so power packed. And like when I hear them, my response, I mean, if if a guy comes up to me and says, hey, I want to follow the traveling team and help you guys. I'm like, do it. Let's go. But Jesus like knows their heart. He's like, man. Yeah. So I think you have materialism. You have family issues. Uh, you have priority issues, all power packed when it comes to like, how can someone fully realize they're, they're, this is not the end? Uh, this is not a, all there is. And those three things, man. And again, Jesus mentioned them 2000 years ago. So I'm just reiterating, but thoughts on that MMA. I know you see that in the lives of a lot of the listeners. Yes, I, one, I'm just so encouraged by you and I love hearing you teach the word. And also I just, I think about how James says he's, there are different versions say it different ways, but it all means the same that our life is like a morning fog or it's like a vapor or it's like a mist. Like basically it's here one day and it's gone the next. Like there's a reason that Moses prayed in Psalm 90 verse 12, like God, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. Like, 
our life here is not, <laughs> it's not long as we're trying to emphasize yeah. that reality here in this conversation. And what that also goes to show is that the temporary pleasures that we are trying to maintain in avoiding the call of Christ, those pleasures will also not last long. Like I think yeah. of Matthew 6 of like, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and vermin destroy, but store your treasures in heaven, like where thieves cannot break in and steal. And it's not going to be taken away. And it has it has eternal purpose. And, and so whenever you see that comparison of what am I, like Jesus says, count the cost whenever you come to follow me, just as a, as a builder counts the cost of everything before he starts building, count the cost before you follow me. Whenever you see it for what it is, take a step back and compare what my life here for this little blip of time is compared to the Lord and eternity that is forever and ever and ever. It's like, okay, am I really going to sacrifice yeah. eternity and the value of human souls and my relationship with God Almighty because I want to be comfortable mm. and because I want to make sure these people are pleased with me and because I want to make sure that my life, I have control of it just for this little blip. And when you put it that way, it's like, that's not worth it. And I guarantee you every human who says that it is, when Jesus comes back and all are on bended knee saying that he is the Lord will regret that they said it was yes. worth it. You know, MMA, my friend, he, uh, he bought a house here. I'm uh, located in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And he was so excited about it. He's like, Todd, come over and look at it. So I go over to look at it. I mean, he had his pick of houses and where he wanted to build. And I go through, you know, he shows me in the house first. Then we go to the backyard and his, I'm like, Oh my goodness your backyard backs up to a gravesite. Like literally uh, he had a what? few, he had a few feet, but then he, this thing backs up to a gravesite. I'm like, his name's Mark. I'm like, Mark, you sit on your back porch and you look at tombstones. And I was like, why would you build a house here? And MMA, he said something fascinating. He said, Todd, and I, I tell you this story because you quoted that verse. He said, Todd, do you know the definition of fog or mist? And I'm like, I don't know fog here in the morning gone in the <laughs> afternoon and he's like no fog here in the morning gone in the morning it doesn't even make it to the afternoon he said Whoa. every morning my wife and i come outside and they're setting up a funeral and we can see him digging the hole and he said todd do you know how long a funeral takes and i said no he said it takes 20 minutes he said do you know the number one thing that determines how many people come to your funeral and i said no he said the weather he said, our life is a mist. We are a fog. Hmm. We're here in the morning, gone in the morning. And it, this is the perfect house for us because we remember. And so I totally, wow. I totally understand MMA. It's so hard when you have materialism and family distractions and just you're interested in another common, your savings account, and you're chasing that profile and that resume and that job and that internship to just remember, man, this is not our home. You mm -hmm. know, this is, this is not why we're here. Yeah, man, that, that leads me into this last question that I want to ask you is how can the people who are tuning in to this episode, how can they cultivate a heart to understand that they're not here long? Well, I mean, I think 
I have a I have a phrase that I like to use, and it's every Christian a global Christian. And I mm, I love that. I, I say every Christian a global Christian. Now what I don't say is every Christian a missionary to the unreached. I don't think we all need to do that. But I do think every Christian should be a global Christian. It means that some of us, yeah. yes, some of us maybe even listening today are going to be like, oh my gosh, Lord, I need to research the unreached. I need to be better read. I need to get better vision. I need to go. So there are a segment of the listeners who their application is, I need to go to my mission pastor. I need to ask them about short-term trips. I need to figure out where God wants me long-term, and I'm going to move there, learn the language, and share the gospel. Like there are some listeners who are like, that's me. For the most of us, we need to be mobilizing our friends and family and peers to what God's doing in the unreached. Uh, put a map up on the wall, start praying for missionaries, uh, start raising awareness. And so when I think about cultivating a heart for the world, I think, yeah, I mean, the heart can't feel what the eye hadn't seen. So for some people, we do need to go and see the unreached so that our heart is compelled. For some, it's a great app that's free to download. It's called the Joshua Project Unreached App of the Day. So I just have Unreached App of the Day on my phone and every day it pops up. And I'm like, okay, today I need to pray for the Mondor of Indonesia, 550,000 of them, no known believers, no known Bible, no known church, no known missionary. But it's a reminder because I'm so gravitationally pulled to self-absorption. It's a reminder, okay, I need that app. So consider going, praying, and then just at least having one or two international friends in your life. Maybe they're a refugee in your city. Maybe they're an immigrant that's working here. Maybe they're an international student on your campus or in your high school and just initiating because they're not going to initiate with you and just asking them questions. I mean, Hmm. I had one friend of mine, I had one friend of mine who asked a Somalian, you know, what do you miss most about your country? And literally just that question Hmm. spawned a deep friendship that enabled him to reach several Somalians because he took initiative. So when I think about how to cultivate a heart, oh my goodness, understand there's no spectators that you need to be involved. And maybe you're not the Paul going to the unreached. Maybe you're a a Timothy and Titus who are like, man, I'm okay. I'm here. I need to pray and welcome and give and mobilize and encourage and exhort. So, I mean, there's a lot of cool ways, but the most important thing is whatever you do, don't do nothing. Like, what's the next Mm -hmm. yes? That's so good. What's the next yes? And you actually just hit so beautifully on what is in the the book that's in you are i'm actually going to show yes. it for those of you who are on let's see it. on video you are oh realizing who you are because of who god is and the chapter you are not here long which we are just hyping up today really unpacking we go into the four w's which is what my dad has like spoken into my life for a long time and the four w's are the wishers the waiters the watchers and the workers 
And the wishers are the people who are just wishing their life away. Man, I just wish I was in this season. I wish I had this house. I wish I was married to this person and being so absent to where they are presently. They're wishing their life away. The waiters are the ones who are constantly waiting for the quote unquote perfect moment Mm. to tell somebody about Jesus or to step into what God is calling them to do. And when I... When you find yourself waiting for the perfect time to make the most of an opportunity, I want you to ask yourself, how are you defining perfect? What does perfect look like? Is it when you have all of the knowledge? Because if so, you're going to be waiting your whole life and look back and you never made the most of anything because it's not until we see Christ that we will then know in full, as Paul says in And then watchers is kind of exactly what you were just saying, Todd, that we're sitting on the sidelines and we're watching other people run the race that God has set before them, but yet we are not being participators. And the final one is workers, which is what we are called to do. And Todd, you are a beautiful worker. We are called to work wholeheartedly unto the Lord, knowing that in him, it's not in vain. And so you just spoke into that so well and encouraged us in the reality that Our life is short in comparison to eternity. And um, just thank you for understanding that you're not here long. And thank you for encouraging us in how to live our lives while we are here. Well, Emma, I tell you this, uh, what you just said just summarized nine words of Christ. I mean, Listen to Luke 10.2. Luke 10.2, and you just summarized it. Luke 10.2 said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And when I think about Mm -hmm. this, I'm like, these are nine words of Jesus. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I think about the harvest. You know, who is the harvest? And we just heard from the podcast, the harvest are both the, the reached and the unreached who are lost. Like the harvest is the lost. Who are the reached and the unreached? And he said, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful. I mean, MMA, the unreached grow at 100,000 a day. The unreached grow at 36 million a year. I mean, think about that. Like the harvest is plentiful. Like Muslim birth rate alone is making the unreached off the charts. And then that that key word in in your, your, your fantastic new book, workers, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers. And so it's like, well, who's a worker? Like, a worker is a Christ follower who's revolving their life around God's global mission to reach the reach yeah. and the unreached. Like a worker is not someone wishing or waiting. A worker is like, I'm in and I'm doing it. And MMA, he says this, he says, the workers are few. They're few. Mm-hmm. Like one of the saddest words of Christ's ministry, this harvest that's plentiful and workers and they're few. And so I think the most powerful thing about this new resource that MMA's got out there, it is going to exponentially increase the workers. I mean, if the problem in missions is not money, we have all the money. It's not we're it's not that we don't know where the unreached are. We know exactly where they are they are on the map. I know where the Wantakia are in Papua New Guinea. I know where the Mali Ali are in Papua New Guinea. I know where the Pushtuns are in Pakistan. But the biggest problem that I think you are hitting head on with this incredible new resource is how can we get more workers? 
So thank you yes. for your contribution to raising up workers. We need more workers. Yes, we do. And y'all listening, I hope that you are so hyped up in truth, not hyped up in a way that it fades tomorrow because it was just fluff that made you feel good. I hope that you are hyped up in the truth that is the word of God that equips you for every good work that he has called you to walk in. Because in Christ, you are a worker called to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to do all that Christ has commanded us, knowing that Christ has been given all authority and that he's with you to the end of the age. And that is your source of comfort in the midst of the uncomfortable that you will walk through and being obedient to that call that is worth it. I hope you are so encouraged and Feel free to do that little back button if you need to go back and listen to these resources that Todd gave us, just the encouragement, the scripture that we walked through. And also, if you're going through the book You Are, you'll notice that some things that were said filled out the fill in the blanks of this podcast. So you can go through and fill that out and just be encouraged and think on this as you're going through the devotional. But guys, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure and give a thumbs up subscribe, comment down below how you were encouraged. And if you are listening, excuse me, if you are listening via Apple or Spotify, be sure and download, rate, review, share this with your people. Know that I love you. And even though we can't physically hear you, just give a round of applause to Todd because you are wonderful, Mr. Todd. And I am so thankful for you. Thank you so much, Emily. Yes. Wow. Oh, and I also forgot. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, have you heard podcast on Instagram? Be sure to totally go check it out. And if you have not gotten the book you are, um, you can go get it um, anywhere books are sold. I love y'all so, so much. And I will talk to y'all next week. Todd, thanks again. Thank you. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast. And don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.